Welcome to the clinical podcast series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. The topic for this episode is visual performance with spherical and multifocal contact lenses in a pediatric population. I'd like to thank our host, Dr. Dave Kading, and our lead topical editor and expert, Dr. Andrew Pucker. And now it's my pleasure to bring you today's podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today, we're joined by Dr. Andrew Pucker, and we're going to be speaking about the visual performance with spherical and multifocal contact lenses in a pediatric population. Dr. Pucker, thank you for joining us. Can you give us an overview of this publication? I'd love to. So this is actually a paper by one of my good friends, Catherine Bickle, and I kind of just latched onto it because she wrote it, but it has some really good messages in it. So... In, in practice, we, we have this idea that the more ad you can put in a soft multifocal contact lens, that may provide a better myopia control, meaning you're going to have less refractive error progression and less axial length progression. But there needs to be a balance there. We don't really know what the balance is. And uh, this paper kind of gets to that. So, you know, if you go really high with an ad, can the patient wear it? Is they, are they going to have visual symptoms to the point where they don't want to wear the lens or is it okay to go with a plus four? Yeah. What were they looking at for this, uh, this performance? What, uh, what were they measuring and how did the uh, two groups uh, perform? Yeah. In, in this study, they had uh, a spherical lens group. They had a plus two, a plus three, and a plus four. And everyone wore those same lenses for a week. So they started with one lens. The next week, they did the next one, so on and so forth. And at each visit, they measured uh, distance visual acuity. So high contrast distance visual acuity, near high contrast visual acuity, low contrast distance, and then contrast sensitivity. And what they found was that there was actually no difference across all the lens with high contrast sensitivity at distance and near, which you might actually be a little surprised with, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not really doing this all the time, but they did find that low contrast sensitivity um, and also uh, low contrast acuity were affected with the, the different multifocals. And it was actually worse with the higher the ad that they had. And they also actually asked them some subjective questions at each visit, specifically, did you have any issues with glare or ghosting or what do you think of your vision? And again, they found that the higher ad powers resulted in worse patient acceptance. It wasn't dramatic, but once they got to the plus three and four patients tended to not like that near as much as the plus two or the plus one. Do you think that uh, the majority of the children population would notice if you just put them into a plus three, uh, would they notice the difference, especially if they had never worn contact lenses before? Um, I found that kids are pretty adaptable. Now that doesn't mean a hundred percent of them would be, uh, but is that something we could, uh, be thinking about in practice? Or do you think the takeaway from this is, you know, because of the negative at that higher ad powers that we should put everybody in a lower ad? I think we have some pretty good data from my side and from the blink study where we, we know that patients get good reduction in myopia in myopia progression with, uh, plus two ad for bioaffinity and a sorry a plus two fifty ad for the bioaffinity and a plus two for the my site. 
So we, we know that's working and I don't necessarily think we need to go up to a plus three where the patients are starting to have subjective symptoms. So to get to your point, I think that it really varies by patient. Some kids just don't notice, you know, I have some people in, for example, a Natriview, which is a plus three and they do amazing and others don't like that lens, or maybe they don't even like the 250 bioaffinity. And I ended up uh, reducing their power down to plus two. So I think it's really a patient dependent thing. And it's just like any contact lens. It's not, you know, a one fit all kind of thing. So there, there has to be some clinical decision-making there. And whenever I'm working with my patients, the question I ask them, is there anything that we could change about this lens to make it better for you? So I can make this broad open ended statement and let them, you know, kind of answer. And a lot of times they say, no, it's great. Or maybe they'll say I'm having trouble reading at home or these different things. And it's really, I think a helpful way to, to go about it. Yeah. You know, for, from my clinical experience, I, I think that it's very important for us as, as myopia managers to focus on what is the, the thing that we can do to slow the myopia the best and balancing that with visual acuity, right? Kids are very adaptable. Fortunately, we wouldn't be able to fit small treatment zone myopia orthokeratology on children or we probably wouldn't be able to put plus three or plus four multifocal contact lenses on a 35-year-old adult. But on children, we can do it and they're very adaptable. And this study really kind of proved that. Like kids can adapt to that. Maybe not all of them are going to be able to, but it kind of showed, and I think Catherine did a great job in that study. So speaking of ads... Do you have anything else to add to the, uh, to the discussion? <laughs> Actually something that I learned from you in a CE lecture. So a, a while back you were talking about expectations for contact lens and you said that your goal, I think was 2025 or better. And this kind of gets to what we were just talking about, you know, maybe some kids are okay with 25, 2025. And I don't think you want to chase your tail to get 2020. And if they're in a plus 250 and or plus three, maybe even, and they're getting 2025 acuity and they're happy, I, I'd leave it be because maybe they're getting a little more bang for their buck with myopia reduction. So again, yeah. kind of take on a case by case basis. Yeah. And they're very adaptable, right? And not that we're shooting for poor vision, but, you know, I think sometimes with, with orthokeratology, a lot of the studies that are out there, they target, you know, 2025 or better. And so what I think ends up happening is clinicians were shooting for that 2020 plus and in a myopia manager with a, with a plus two ad, a plus 250 ad, or a, a small treatment zone for our orthokeratology, we might not get that. So great points, a really good perspective. I think this is a brilliant study from our good friend. Uh, she did a great job in it. Thank you for uh, your perspectives on it. And thank you for listening in uh, to this episode. Please join us again next time. Thank you, everyone. And a special thanks to Cooper Vision for their educational grant to make it all happen.